Sunday Social. Right, 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 right about now, the funk soul brother. Check it out now, the funk soul brother. Right about now, the funk soul brother. Check it out now, the funk soul brother. Right about now, the funk soul brother. Check it out now, the funk soul brother. Right about now, the funk soul brother. Right about now. Welcome to Sunday Social. I'm Vaughan Davis with you right through until 8 o'clock on a beautiful here in Tamaki Makaro, at least Labor Weekend Sunday. What an absolute cracker it's been. I wish I'd heard that ad in the break for gutter whiskers mm, about two years ago because I spent uh, a good couple of hours on the roof this morning with my uh, my hands up to the wrist in black gunge, getting the gutters clean. That was a bit of fun. And in the afternoon, got to go and fly my little aeroplane. Uh, if, if you're a regular listener, you'll you'll be uh, you'll be well used to me boring you with stories of my little aeroplane. I am conspiring. I am conspiring to make myself redundant, having installed an autopilot. So I've been up playing with an autopilot, which basically means sitting and watching and, and not touching anything in case something goes wrong. Hey, welcome to the show. Show number 235. Saskia's going to bake me a cake in 15 shows. Um, I would love you to be a part of it, she nodded. Um, text me 3920 keyword live that'll pop up on the screen in front of me. You can always tweet me at Vaughan Davis. I love the Twitter followers. Twitter's become quite politically relevant in the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? There's been a lot of stuff happening on Twitter, a lot of journalists breathlessly refreshing their Twitter feeds and turning it into stories, enough said about that. Hey, later, Mr. Julian Waters, um, Communico on Twitter, he calls himself. I should ask why Communico on Twitter joins me. Uh, he's going to let us know, have you been compromised online? Have your details been stolen? We've got a website that will tell you that. We've got a nerdy little game for maths fans or people who would like their kids to grow up to be maths fans. You're going to love that. And we've got the juice on Lime Scooters. First, though... especially for school kids and, of course, national party leaders. A report commissioned last week by NetSafe puts the annual cost to New Zealand at a large and quite memorable $444 million. One solution to online bullying has emerged from a possibly unlikely place, central Otago. It's called Sticks and Stones, and its founder and CEO, Carla Sanders, joins us, along with Antigone Davis from Facebook. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Vaughan. Thank you for having us. Carla, first uh, for you, the NetSafe report uh, that came out last week said that one in ten New Zealand adults have experienced online harm. What's, what's the situation look like for younger people, younger New Zealanders, school kids in particular? 
Um, so our research is showing that one in four young people um, are affected by online negativity or harm. But the other thing that's really important to note about that is what we're also finding is that it's really unusual for a young person to be bullied or to be um, experiencing harm only in the online space because of the seamless way they communicate both online and offline stage. And um, at least eight out of ten times that will also be occurring in the offline space as well. So there's there's a real parallel between the bullying that's happening in the online space and what's also happening in the offline space. And that, that's a really interesting point. And I'm just going to pause here. Um, one of you is breathing heavily into your phone. Maybe it's you, Antigone? Or are you, or are you in a windy place? Um, I, not me. Oh, OK. All right, we're, we're going to do some editing at the end of that. That's OK. And resuming. So... Carla, when you talk about online harm, what exactly do you mean by that? Uh, there's a lot of definitions bandied about. What, what do, how do you define it? So for us, we totally agree that it can be really difficult to explain and that it's really personal. So if something happens that makes you feel really vulnerable, if it makes you feel like you're not important, and if it makes you feel like there is nothing you can do in that moment to address the situation or to get through feeling positive, then that for us feels like harm. Now, you made a really good point that, um, you know, bullying doesn't just happen in the online space, it happens offline as well, and those, those who are experienced in one place experience it in another. Perhaps for you, Antigone, at, at Facebook, you're Director of uh, Global Safety Policy, and by that we don't mean tripping downstairs, we mean protecting people from things like uh, online bullying. The, the prevalence of you know bad behaviour and bullying online is is, uh, is there any evidence to support that it's that we're more badly behaved online than we are anywhere else? Um, you know, I think one of the things that we definitely see is it's very important, particularly at Facebook, for people to come to these platforms as their authentic selves, so that they actually are interacting in a way. It's more similar to how they might interact interact offline. But I think to Carla's point, almost always when we see um, bullying online, it, it is almost always connected to something that is happening offline, which is why context is so very important uh, for us in terms of how to respond. So and also why we're investing in programs that are offline, like the program that we are working with uh, Sticks and Stones on Sticks and Stones right now. Antigone, you, you talked about uh, the importance of context. What what do you mean by that? Well, sometimes, for instance, I give I actually give an example from from my own daughter. So, I at one point in time, I was looking at something that she had she had posted, and a friend had posted, and I said to her, "Oh, that seems so." So mean, and what she said to me, which you couldn't see from what was written, was, "Oh, mom, that's just drama. We're just, it's, it's, she, we don't take it seriously." But for somebody else, it may not be just drama. They may take it seriously, and we may not have that context, which is why it's so important to us that we really encourage people to report and we try to make reporting really easy because that reporting can give us the kind of context that we need. Because that, that is the usual comeback, I guess, to any uh, allegation of bullying, harassment, in, in, in the workplace especially. You, you say, well, you know, that's just the sort of uh, culture we have. That's just the, 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 uh, the banter, the banter that we, uh, we all enjoy here in this workplace. So it's, it's, a, it's a fine line, right? 
Well, I think one of the reasons that we look to to reporting in this context is actually because how someone is impacted by that experience is really important and that is a good signal for us. So if you're reporting about how, how someone has spoken to you, that's a good signal that it actually is something that you perceive as harmful. We also give people tools so that if something is um, bothers them and there may not it may not be clear or obvious that that content violates the policies, they actually have tools to do a number of things. Most recently, we actually, actually launched comment moderation tools that allow people to filter out comments that may use certain kinds of words for instance for instance that bother them um, as well as to remove content in you know in mass that has been bullying Carla, here in New Zealand, we're, we're taking a bit more of a hands-on approach. So while, while on the one hand, Facebook is putting in place these policies and reporting tools and, and a back-end to that, uh, Sticks and Stones is very much more uh, boots on the ground, so to speak. Tell us about that, how it works. Absolutely. So um, we really believe that when we're talking about the online space, young people are really important to be part of that decision-making and that discussion. And so we also believe that a lot of the time we're expecting young people to have skills and confidence to be able to deal with things when they go wrong or to understand the potential for things to go wrong without giving them any ongoing support to gain those skills or that confidence. So for us, we work directly with young people at all levels of decision-making within our organisation, and we do that in a really ongoing way. So before you were talking really interestingly about, well, isn't that just banter? And now some of the conversations we have with our young people. What's the difference between something being mean, something being rude, and something being bullying? What's the difference between a conflict and teasing what should banter look like because if we're using that word as an excuse for our behavior when we know we already feel uncomfortable with the other person's response then should we not understand what it actually means to for something to be bullying behavior and then to be able to unpack that and what it means for our own lives so yeah it's really boots on the ground and it's starting with young people and not doing things to them but involving them in uh, ongoing learning and support which our aim is that they're actually changing those norms that are allowing some of that bullying behaviour to translate into something that we expect here in New Zealand that we shouldn't. So I guess you've explained the principles and outcomes of Sticks and Stones pretty well, but what does the programme actually involve? What happens? What do you do? Okay, so uh, for our in-person work, we actually have young volunteers who come and work with us every two weeks to understand a whole range of themes from understanding themselves to their relationships with others to actually going into real detail about what bullying is and the impact it has and how the bystanders have power to intervene and the range of different options that are involved. And this incredible partnership that we're launching today with Facebook takes that to a national level. And what it does is it engages young people from outside of Otago and it provides that ongoing meaningful and practical support for them to be learning and developing skills that they can then put into practice and they can do that within their own lives and interactions but they can also do that on behalf of other people who may not feel comfortable to do that so it's about having really hard conversations it's about practicing being assertive it's also about understanding the tools and support that are available and some of the conversations that we find it really difficult to have in this country which is well what are the things that stop us from asking for help? One in three young people who are bullied don't tell anyone. They don't ask for help. They keep it to themselves and they hope it will go away. And it doesn't. So how can we address those obstacles that are stopping young people from reaching out for help? And how can we connect them with the support to understand that asking for help is a really brave and positive way for you to resolve the issues that you're facing and that you can support other people too? 
So you talk about asking for help. What, what are some of the ways that young people can ask for help when they experience online bullying? And what, what sort of stands between them and actually doing it? Because if everyone was, you know, feeling feeling bullied and asking for help, then you wouldn't have a job to do, right? So what's what's getting in, what's getting in the way? I think perception's definitely getting in the way. Um, there's a culture here which says, oh, is that really a big deal? Shouldn't you just harden up? Why are you being so sensitive about that? You should be able to deal with that yourself. These are some of the unspoken things that are affecting our young people. And also the potential judgment um, from other people. Now, why were you online in the first place? Why did you make that decision in the first place? Why did you say that, do that, were there? And so one of the things that we've put in place is we've put in, line, we've put in place an online support tool called ICON in case of online negativity. And that's a free, judgment-free and jargon-free and cost-free um, online tool for young people to jump on to look at a situation that they're facing and to explore all the potential ways that they may be able to work through that situation to resolve it um, with a whole range rather than a singular solution. So a lot of the time when um, young people do reach out for help, they're offered a single solution which doesn't fit with their values, it doesn't fit with their confidence or the stage or situation that they're at. And when that's presented as the only option, then why would they ask for help another time when they feel that they actually hasn't added any, any benefit to their situation in the first place? So this icon tool sounds interesting. Uh, it's, I, I noted that it, it, it may be jargon-free, but it's not acronym-free, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> how, how, do, how do people find this and, and how, so do they, how do they use it? Yeah, so it's icon.org.nz. It's a web app because our young people have been very honest in telling us that they don't want to download an app that's going to take up valuable space they could be using for their musical video mm -hmm. to be having a tool there that they might not use every day. And they also didn't want to have a conversation with their friends because a mobile device or an iPad can often be quite shared with our young people. Why do you have that on your on your phone? Or why do you have that on your tablet? And why aren't you talking to us about it if it's the first step before they do confide in their friends? Mm -hmm. So it can be accessed from any browser and what happens is you go through by selecting what the situation is that you're facing at that moment, and then uh, it goes to uh, specify that in more detail, so you're not having to read 18 pages of general information that's not relevant to you, which our young people were identifying with an issue at the moment, um, until you dial it down to what is actually happening for you at that moment, and then there's a range of different situations. So, for example, um, if someone had shared an image with you, um, a nude or semi-nude image with you, and you were feeling uncomfortable about it, what, were the, what are the options that are available to you? What does the law say? What are the services that can help you? What are the things that you can consider so that you don't feel like there are no choices, but you can actually make a choice that's right for you? It's interesting you mentioned the law because one of the things that's uh, happened in the last couple of years, and I think one way, you, you might have a, an opinion on this, Antigone, one, one way in which New Zealand is perhaps um, leading the world is the Harmful Digital Communications Act. Um, what, what's your take on that from a Facebook perspective, Antigone? You, you'd be all over this, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, you know, I think one of the things that, that to keep in mind is that Facebook itself has policies around this around this content. So we actually prohibit this content from being um, on our platform, and we work really hard to make sure that we that people it's easy to report and that there are tools in place to do that. But we also one of the things that we're very focused on is actually giving young people the skills or, or helping them to develop the skills to to 
have a positive experience um, on our platform. So Carla just went through a number of the, of the different things that they're doing. And we've been, you know, really so fortunate to get to partner with them to really empower kids, not only in terms of making sure that they that they have a voice and that they can participate in line, but so that they can also be um, supportive to their peers. Research shows that when kids are facing, when young people are facing these issues, they turn to their peers for guidance and support. And so it's essential to us to work with organizations like Sticks and Stones to make sure that they have the information that they need to be that good peer and friend, to have the support that they need from mm. a lead teacher in their school, if it's a, a school program, or from organizations like Sticks and Stones to really be that, that strong peer and friend. And it's that multi-layered approach that sometimes does involve legislation that involves our policies that involves having the right tools involves having the right programs and maybe most importantly having the right partners who are expert in this area i want to pick up on as that well I want to pick up on that peer support uh, thought a little bit after the break and also uh, dig a bit deeper into the history of Sticks and Stones. I'm talking to Carla Sanders, founder of Sticks and Stones, and Antigone Davis, director and head of global safety policy at Facebook. Back soon. It's Sunday Social. And welcome back to Sunday Social. We're talking online bullying and a homegrown uh, solution or a way to counter that uh, with Carla Sanders, founder of an organisation called Sticks and Stones and from Facebook, Antigone Davis. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Carla, talk me through Sticks and Stones. How did this organisation, this initiative start? What was the, uh, what was the reason behind it? Absolutely, because I'm lucky enough to be a co-founder. An organisation started in 2013 when 30 teenagers from five different schools in central Otago were really dissatisfied with the fact that traditional bullying prevention programs were done to them and they weren't involved in any stages of decision-making other than receiving the information at the end. So together, we wanted to create a new approach that put young people in the centre of that decision-making at every stage and worked with young people in the lead, so supporting their peers, supporting one another, coming up with ideas, resources, activities and events that would try and shift and change those norms that were accepting the bullying behaviours that we were noticing both off, both offline and off, online and off. Well, what's, what's your background? What got you into this? So I'm a primary school teacher by background um, and I spent a long time teaching overseas and working with accelerated learning programmes and faith-based communities around different approaches to education. <laughs> and spent a huge amount of time in mainstream classrooms so when I returned to New Zealand to marry my high country sheep station farmer husband, um, I was looking for something else I might be able to do. And then this opportunity presented itself and it's been a roller coaster ever since. I, I said at the beginning, perhaps a little glibly, that Central Otago is a, a, an unlikely place for this to come from. But actually, you, you talked about that harden up culture a little bit earlier on. And for yeah. some reason, I had the old Spates commercial, I'm a Southern man, <laughs> playing in my head. You know, Central Otago is sort of ground zero for hardening up, isn't it? Sometimes it feels that way. The other thing that's really interesting is it's almost the two polar opposites exist in parallel with one another. 
we have this intensely creative and innovative environment. We have, you know, the National Space Centre. We have different approaches to wellbeing and hauora that are incredibly powerful. And at the same time, then that's balanced by very much a harden up or school of hard knocks. Or we all went through it kind of culture. Um, and what we're trying to do is ensure that young people's voices are having a chance to challenge some of that traditional perspective, which says this is part of growing up and it's going to make you stronger. So be grateful for it and that we actually acknowledge that it's not a part of growing up and you don't have to be um, going through it at all. No, absolutely. And Antigone, cover your American ears, but um, the, the, you know there was a story just yesterday about a, an Otago rugby player who had his testicle crushed but re- returned to the field. And, and that's kind of the, you know, the, 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 the southern man legend, isn't it, in, in popular culture? Absolutely. The Buck Shelford playing on when his testicle was removed in a ruck. Sorry to continue that thing. But, you know, we tend to laud and applaud that staunch attitude to dealing with any kind of hardship or harm. You know, what we're faced with then is we're faced with communities that don't understand the importance of reaching out and helping one another. But then what we also find on the flip side is them doing it in very different ways that may not involve talking. So how can we combine those two things so we don't actually create this, um, you know, expectation, which is, you know, if you're a strong and staunch and proud Otagoian, um, that you're not going to be affected by anything that happens to you because that is, it's completely false to think that that doesn't affect you in some way. So you started your program, you, you run it in schools, it's got students, young people at the centre. And Antigone, what caught your eye? What's the, the global head of safety from Facebook doing down here in New Zealand, you know, talking to a relatively small New Zealand organisation about this? Well, aside from it being absolutely beautiful here, um, I, you know, I, one of the things is that um, I actually have also a background in teaching. So I taught secondary secondary school and what was was very apparent to me as a, as a former teacher is how much um, kids rely on each other to address these issues and one of the things that we really love about the sticks and stones approach is really bringing in that youth voice all research shows that kids do turn to one another and bringing their voice and giving them a sense that they control um, this situation and, and while of course providing with them with the tools and resources that they need and policies that they need um, was incredibly important to me. I'll give an example of a story that I, I was ta- telling the young people today when we launched this event. Um, when I was first at Facebook, I actually was speaking at a similar event um, for social to help kids develop social-emotional learning. Mm -hmm. And I froze like a deer in headlights. I'd never been on on such a big stage and all the lights, and I couldn't see the audience. And a young person uh, sitting in the front row whispered out to me, you got this. And this is the kind of thing that we want to promote. Kids are extraordinarily amazing in providing that kind of support and empathy. And if we can tap into that for peer programs like this, um, I I couldn't be um, more excited. And I think Sticks and Stones is just the perfect partner for this. So is there much like this happening elsewhere in the world? I know we have lovely scenery and any excuse to visit New Zealand is a good one, but there there must be organisations all around the world tackling this problem. 
I, I think there are many organizations around the world trying to address the problem. And one of the things that we've been trying to do at Facebook is actually to connect those organizations. So we do a series of safety summits. I actually we're about to do one here in this region, bringing together these organizations so that they can actually collaborate and learn from each other, much like the young people in Sticks and Stones program are going to be doing as well. Now, on, on the uh, the press material that was sent through, I saw the word partnership come up a couple of times, and I've read a lot of press releases, and I've seen the word partnership um, many, many, many times. What, what does this partnership involve from Facebook other than writing a cheque? I actually, writing the check in some ways is the smallest part. It's really investing in the community and investing um, in the organization. So we will be working with and have worked with Sticks and Stones in terms of the training to make sure that they have access to the resources that they need. We're also um, working with them. They have an online platform that they will have for the children of the young kids to uh, communicate and collaborate. We're in a constant um, back-and-forth learning experience with with um, Sticks and Stones, and we worked with them um, all the way back in, in 2015 and have uh, with a post-it uh, pause and post before you post uh, program, and have continued that partnership um, for quite a, a while. And, and I think the important thing here is to understand that we can develop many things globally, but what we um, what we don't have um, is that local grounding that an organization like Sticks and Stones has. Carla. You're yep. partnered now with, you know, a, a fairly large and, and wealthy company. You've got more funding than you've ever had. Uh, what are you going to do? What's your plan? Well, the first thing is we're going to be able to pay some of our staff, which is pretty amazing. Um, our staff have been working um, at voluntary capacity, you know, a lot of the time since 2013, myself included. Um, so it means that we're going to be able to, you know, engage some staff in, in paid positions, which is incredibly important. And taking from Antigone's point, the relationships we have with the people and the team from Facebook have offered us um, knowledge, information, resources, ideas that we would never have had access to otherwise. So we get to make sure our online platform is developed in a way that's really meaningful and real. Um, we get to travel the country and engage with young people outside of our region. And, and more than that, we get to create that community of young people that can use their voice collectively to put pressure on politicians, decision makers, uh, education, uh, educational leaders, rather than having the pressure about doing that on their own. And, um, and then having comments from those kinds of decision makers that sound like, oh, well, young people aren't interested in this process or they don't care about these issues because we really make it difficult for them to do that, expecting them to do it on their own. So last question, you're, you've, you've grown up, you're growing up as an organisation, you're funded, you're taking it to scale. What's your measure of success? How will you know that what you're doing is working? So we know if what we're doing is working, if the young people are more confident and have more skills to address the issues that they're facing online and off. And if they can report that themselves um, in our evaluations that we undertake really regularly to find out what impact the different things that we're doing are having. But more than that, if we can actually see some of those norms start to shift, if we start to see the... Um, the expected response being, oh, why would you say that? Or we don't do that here, or that's not fair. When they become the accepted and normal responses, that's going to be the ultimate measure of success. And, Antigone, for you from Facebook, what's, what, what do you expect from this? What, what is your measure of this program having worked? 
thirdly, I think actually just getting the program, people aware of the program and getting schools um, onboarded into the program and touching as many young people um, here in New Zealand as we, as we can through the program is obviously how we will uh, measure success. But I, I really look at this as a parent who had a child who grew up with these technologies without a lot of the support that we're talking about today. Um, for me, getting a chance to actually see the young people today, to see them um, putting their putting their heads to this task and really um, already talking about how to name the program, what kind of content they want to see in it. To me, that kind of empowerment for young people is the true measure of success. Antigone Davis, Director and Head of Global Safety Policy at Facebook and Carla Sanders, founder, co-founder of Sticks and Stones. Thank you so much for joining me on Sunday Social. Thank you, Vaughan. Thank you. And you can listen back to that whole entire interview or indeed any of the other 234 feature interviews we've done over the years at radiolive.co.nz under Shows and Sunday Social. It's a great idea, that Sticks and Stones thing. Um, I, I like the fact that uh, Facebook, even though they're operating globally, uh, are partnering at a, at a local level with uh, initiatives like that. After the break, he's a local initiative himself, a legend in his own Sunday afternoon. Mr Julian Waters joins us back soon. It's Sunday Social, an hour dedicated to social media with Vaughan Davis. Hey, welcome back to the show and I uh, hope you're looking forward to the weekend variety wireless. Graham Hill is in the house already. But a big welcome to Julian Waters. Welcome back to the chair. Thank you, sir. Great to be here, Vaughan. How's your weekend been? You look, you look like you've got some sun. <clears throat> um, I was playing tennis indoors today. Indoors? Even, even though the weather was good. Ah, uh, because you, you just couldn't get an outdoor court. Uh, well, we just started indoors and no one showed up and kicked us off. Because, because it's a long weekend and some people go away on long weekends and sit by Radio Live some while people, they're camping. Some people go away and camp with their families. You, you didn't see my air quotes, so that, that didn't make much sense at all. Mm. Hey, um, one thing you might want to do if you are in the city and uh, at a bit of a loose end and are not afraid of falling off and hurting yourself is going for a ride on a lime scooter. Have you been for a ride, Julian, on a lime scooter? I, I haven't, but I've seen them everywhere, and I did go and gawk at one with someone who had downloaded the app, um, but they weren't charged, so we couldn't go riding. Oh, well, lime scooters hitting hitting a city near you, uh, New Zealanders, early to the party, but not first to the party. They're, they're like those um, little push scooters with the, the big sort of stems and handlebars that used to be really, really popular about 20 years ago. So you'd you'd give one to the kid for Christmas and then Dad would have a few beers at Christmas lunch and fall off and break his wrist, typically. They've, they've, more, they've been popular more recently than that because... Um, oh, yeah, but they sort of like first popped up then. Yeah. They popped up then. Yeah. And, and these ones look like giant versions, which is kind of scary if you've got kids and you suddenly see these giant scooters. Yes, they are giant versions. So a Lime scooter is an electric scooter. So it's like one of those little stand-up scooters, except it's got a big battery and it's got a little thumb-operated throttle and a brake. And the idea is you can zip around town at speeds of up to 27 kilometres per hour. Scared yet? It's pretty quick for a scooter. Pretty quick for a scooter, 27 kilometres an hour, until the battery runs out, which is uh, about uh, 27 kilometres of range. Now, the way they work, and uh, unlike you, Julian, I did give it a try. I gave it a try. You like that? I'm like Good. that. I've given it a couple of tries. I, I, I happened to have uh, two lunch engagements uh, on, on Thursday and Friday, so I thought, you know what, I'll lime my way to lunch so I can zhoom, arrive at lunch in, in sort of high-tech style. 
And the way it works is you download the Lime app and, you know, sign up, uh, email address, Facebook, whatever, and give it your credit card, of course, but like Uber. Mm -hmm. And up on the map pops uh, the location of all the nearby Limes, and there's, there's some several hundred around Auckland. I heard someone tell me there was a thousand of them or something. Yeah, I thought it was 800, but yes, okay. something yeah. like that. Mm. Um, not only their location, but also their, their charge state. So there's no point in walking two blocks to one that's only got, you know, three kilometres left on it. So, so it shows you the charge in, uh, in kilometres, which is useful. So someone dragged me all the way up our steep driveway, even though they should have known that they weren't charged. Yes, because it, show, it shows on the app. Mm. So uh, you get to the app, you use your phone, you unlock the scooter using a QR code. So the, the scooter has its own little like little baby crossword puzzle on it, uh, yes. a.k.a. a QR code. S similar to those uh, yike bikes, whatever they were called. Can't no, remember. Yeah. Can't remember. So scan it in and away you go. Mm. Scoot, 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 and lock it when you're finished. So is it... Uh, do you, you stand on it and it remains stable? Is, is that... Well, it's just, yeah, it's not gyro-stabilised or anything. It doesn't need to be because it's, it's, it's got wheels that are going forward. Yeah. And, and you, you, you are required to balance the thing. It's, yeah. not, it's not like a Segway. And do you, like, push to start like the kids do you, with their you are, you, you, It does recommend you push to start, yeah. uh, especially if you're anything other than on flat ground and if you're mm. anything other than very, very lightweight, you need to push to start. So I enjoyed it. I mean, mm. I, I, the one thing I would say is I had my, my uh, customary uh, man bag with, uh, with laptop and all sorts of other accoutrements. Uh, so every time I'd go around a corner, it would kind of swing out and balance would be an issue. Mm. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take too much in the way of cargo. It's quite expensive. It's quite expensive. It's a dollar to unlock. It's like, you know, the flag fall. Remember you used to have mm. flag fall in taxis? A uh, dollar to unlock it. and then 30 cents per kilometre. Oh, sorry, no, 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 no. Whoa, whoa, retract that. 30 cents per minute. So I wonder what the ideal... I, yeah, I could imagine in Auckland City, say, if you want to get from one end of Queen Street to the other... So long as you're trying to get from the top to the bottom. Bottom yeah, to I top? Was ask, do yeah. they go uphill? How do they go with they, the They don't go uphill that well. I saw a person mm. going up Franklin Road, which is a medium oh, yeah. steep mm. road in, uh, in in Auckland. But he, he was quite a light-looking person. <laughs> quite, he was quite slim. So Unlike uh, you and I. Unlike, unlike the two of us, yeah. He, he, he's, he's, clearly, uh, he's clearly used to dodging the pies. I'm not... I, 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 I would never dodge a pie. <laughs> I would never dodge a pie. So, so a bit of fun. Uh, a lot of criticism about the um, the, the the safety side of things. Mm. So, Did someone uh, crack their head open with one of these. Oh, there's been lots of head cracking. There's been <laughs> lots of wrist twisting. There's been lots of shenanigans. Um, people, uh, I, I read that there's been something like one ACC claim per day since they've since they've been launched. <laughs> Crikey. So, so you know, it's 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 not without its hazards. But what fun things are? What fun things are, Julian? <laughs> that, really? That's true. That's true. I, I am. I mean, I haven't. I'm unqualified in that. I haven't. I did see someone going up and down our street this this morning, but uh, in, on a sort of a crowded street, I, I wonder if people would attempt to go, you know, 27 k's an hour. No. Well, that that's the thing. Um, they are apparently road legal, so you can oh. go on the road. But I was a bit scared to go on the road on Queen Street, um, so I, I reverted to the footpath, which I which may not be legal, uh, and and I ended up you know being really considerate and going really really slow. I will say though, uh, because one of my one of my many mm, two lunch engagements was down at um, Auckland's Viaduct, and there's cobblestones, right? Uh, right. Yes. Riding a scooter across cobblestones is like one of those vibra train things you see in the infomercials. <laughs> so yeah. You, you, you burn more calories by riding one of those across cobblestones than you do by riding an actual bicycle. 
that's science. That's true. That's interesting. And, and you know, isn't this a wonderful insight into the charmed life of Vaughan Davis? As I, went to, I went lunch to lunch twice. I, I and... went to lunch twice. That was probably my, my, my lunches for the, for the month. They just happened to be adjacent to each other. Hey, um, one thing that uh, is always on my mind is whether or not my email address has been hacked. So, weirdly, I, I posted a, um, a little review of the Lime Scooter on, on LinkedIn, did a LinkedIn video, and a lot of people watched it. Um, a couple of people went, it shouldn't be illegal. And, uh, and one person went, oh, you, I see you're very, very willing to give your, your, your email address to, to anyone these days because you have to sign up. You know, you, there's almost nothing you can do online these days without handing over your email address or your social media login. Yeah, sure. Um, and with that, of course, comes the danger of being hacked. And... Part of, I mean, you know, one step towards not being hacked is knowing if you have been, and you've got a website for that. I do, monitor.firefox.com. So, firstly, Firefox. So, a lot of people won't have heard of Firefox. What is Firefox itself? Firefox is a web browser, an alternative to Internet Explorer, Chrome, Safari, or something else. Opera? Opera, yeah, I was going to say. Or, it, it, Firefox is the successor, I suppose, to Netscape, which was the original web browser way back in the day. Golden days. Old. Uh, Firefox was quite, kind of popular a few years ago, but it's, it's Chrome sort of ate its lunch, really. Yeah, Chrome really... Firefox mm. was a cool one. Long time Chrome, no more Firefox. But I, Firefox has I brought out this website. Mm. Yes, uh, it's, there's a foundation behind Firefox that does cool stuff on the internet, and they sort of lobby for good internet. And they have... Yeah, so they've put together Monitor, M-O-N-I-T-O-R dot Firefox dot com, where you can enter your email address and search, and it will tell you if that email address has been part of one of these hacks that you hear about, where all the data stored on some major company server has been stolen. Uh, so I, out of curiosity, plugged in my email address. It couldn't be simpler. And I tell you, it was quite... <laughs> when you have to click the more link to see all the places where your email address oh, was really? part of a couldn't, hack... Oh, really? Couldn't fit on one page? Yeah, this, this is obviously... Um, uh, so I had um, sort of like a burn address, you know, like a burn phone, but the burn email address that you use for signing up to things because you don't want to use or, your or, or send send emails to your old boss <laughs> anonymously <laughs> well it's not quite that anonymous but yeah just a different yeah different yeah, email yeah, address yeah, yeah. so i mean uh, mine this this old email address has been part of uh, a, a hack of zomato bitly dropbox linkedin and myspace um and yeah it's got all the the, the list of the date that it was breached and the number of them and uh, it says compromised data so for example with um MySpace, it says email addresses, passwords, usernames. So the other side to this is, of course, that we all, despite being told not to, use the same password for yes. everything. So, so here's, here's, so I'll, I'll break it down. So you logged into this thing 10 years ago, this Zomato restaurant review site. You logged into it, you gave, a, you, you gave an email address and a password, and then that got hacked. And you might think, well, that doesn't matter. But it does matter if you use that same combination of email address and password everywhere. Which you did, of course, didn't you? You kind of did. So I, I kind of do. I, I got a spam email and in the subject line, to this address, and in the subject line it said, your password is, and it had the password that I used for everything back Whoa. then. <laughs> so it was actually telling me, and it said, the, the, the content of the email was, you know, let's not be around the bush, you, you will transfer X dollars. And it's like, you know, I mean, I think I might just change the password. Yeah, that, would, that, that would be the be easy thing to solution. do. So, so this is a website that will tell you if your email address has been caught up 
in the in one of the many hacks. I, one of my I had the same thing. My old mm. burner email address, if you like, uh, was was compromised on Bitly, Dropbox, Tumblr, and LinkedIn, but not mm. the email address I use today. Uh, so go to monitor.firefox.com, enter your email address, and and this is safe because you're not entering a password. You're just entering your email address. So the, this is a low-risk disk, as they used to say. Uh, and if, 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 like us, you find that your email address was um, caught up in a whole lot of these hacks, well, maybe that's a good time to change your password. After the break, I've got a new phone, going to tell you all about it. And, uh, oh, we've got a really good little nerdy game. A nerdy game for the long weekend. Back soon. It's Sunday Social. Everything you need to know about social media with Vaughan Neighbours. Welcome back to Sunday Social, nine minutes to eight. I'm Vaughan Davis with you for the rest of the hour. And yes, indeed, don't worry, be happy. There's a bazillion apps out there, and most of them are rubbish, are they not, Julian? Yes. Especially the Android. I mean, I'm going to say that. Here's a little song. I wonder if, I wonder if that music's ever going to finish. I wonder if that music's ever going to stop nice playing, song. Saskia. There we go. The music stopped playing. Um, most of the apps are rubbish, and and a lot of the gadgets are rubbish. I think we're going to talk mostly about gadgets in the time we have left. I like gadgets. I like gadgets. Mm. That's okay. Well, that's that conversation. That didn't go. I like gadgets. Have I also you, like gadgets. Have you seen any cool new phones lately? Oh, that's a great question. Well, it's funny. We were talking before the break about how I was riding my Lime scooter to a lunch, and one of the lunches I was riding to was the launch of the new Huawei phone. And I'll be very open about this. They give them to me for free. Mm. Oh, for you. That's a <laughs> so I can't participate in this conversation you as can. enthusiastically. No, as you can. You can. You, you can. You can tear me down because I am accused uh, of being a little bit of a Huawei fanboy. Um, they've I launched. Another, they've launched another phone. It's called the Mate 20 Pro. I don't know why it's called the Mate. I don't know why it's called the Mate. It's a good friend. It's a good friend. That, that'd be why. I mean, you put it on your pillow when you sleep, don't you? I do. I do. I put it on my pillow when I sleep. No, I don't. Um, and it's all the usual stuff. So it's brighter and it's faster and it's got a, a processor specs just made my head spin. I don't understand that stuff. You would understand that stuff. I mean, I'm going, what, what's in it for me? A big processor. But it, it did two things, two things that I've never seen before, which I liked. I can't wait to hear. It just sounds really no, th exciting. No, these are good. These are good. Um, the fingerprint unlock is through the screen, and and I I, I just don't know how they do it. There's no little no little fingerprint sensor down the bottom. You just push your finger. You don't push your finger through the screen. You just touch the screen of the phone, and your phone unlocks. What what do you say to what that? What a remarkable innovation! What, how did what, they come up with what the do you idea? say to that? What do you say to it's that? It's remarkable. No, you just you're just taking taking the peepee. Oh well, Apple did it, and then now they, now they have face. No, they did. They didn't do it through the screen. No, well, they had a special little button. Actually, you did get me thinking about the screen thing. I, I sort of wonder. I, yeah, I hope it's not more easily hacked because of that. But, but yeah, it's very clever. Yeah, sure. it's very clever. The the other thing that's what I was meant to say. The other thing I especially like is wireless charging. Have you got a phone with wireless charging? I don't, not yet. I've never had one with wireless charging, so I'm looking forward to that. It's just mm. put it down on a pad, right? Sounds a like pad. Mm. Um, but this phone, the Mate 20, uh, will charge other phones through the wireless charging. So if you're a bit low on the charge. And I've got lots of charge. Oh, there you go. I can be a mate. I can be a mate with my mate and say, here. It was like two little boys with two little toys before Rolf Harris, Falcon Grace. You know, climb up climb up on my phone and, and have a bit of charge, oh, Jack. And here I was thinking I was going to use that line and sound clever, but you, you, you beat me to it. No. I'm sure my, my iPhone could be mates with your mate if that 
was a need of charge. I'm sure it could. I'm sure it could. I can see I'm not going to get you across the line with this one. One day. One day. Anyway, <laughs> Huawei Mate 20 Pro on sale in November 1499. Um, it's cheaper than an iPhone. I'll tell you that. That's one Is thing. it? What's an iPhone? Oh, the new iPhone. Some of them are more than two and a half brand. You're kidding. Yeah, for the fancy new big ones and everything. Yeah. 1800 for an iPhone. That is yeah, outrageous. That. Yeah, much more than that. For the ten, for the ten, that's outrageous. That's test, outrageous. Yeah. I think we should. We, I, I, my my mission in life is to get you onto better value phones. Um, <laughs> one more gadget. I really like this one. So on Kickstarter, so this is this is Gadget Sunday. On Kickstarter, this kind of this is the the antidote to the Huawei Mate 20, um, because if you have this gadget, you won't be able to see what's on the screen because someone, some genius on uh, Kickstarter, is selling glasses like sunglasses which when you're wearing them, turn every screen black. Your phone, your laptop, your iPad, your television, that digital billboard on, on the road, black. I Everything else it. is fine, I turns off it. the screens. In, in the era before I became a, a tech person and these LCD like flat screens that are much more friendly came about, I hated screens. I hated, like if I was in a room and there was a TV, you know, some people just have the TV on all the time. There's 19 screens in this room right now. Yeah, but these are okay. I've gotten over They're it, here for a reason, yeah. But they used to just, the old, you know, the big monitors, that they just used to, I couldn't stand that. I couldn't stand being in a room while someone had the TV on. Uh, you know, it, it just drove me nuts. So yeah, if you could have one of these and they could block out the sound as well, that'd be brilliant. So you, you'd, you'd buy one. So uh, they're called so. In Real Life or IRL Glasses. Uh, they're forty nine dollars US on Kickstarter. Mm. So it's a good way to take a hop. You know, people say they go out to the beach to get away from all that. Well, then you know, you don't have to go anywhere. Just put on the glasses. Easy peasy. Oh, okay. well, I've sold you on one thing then, haven't I? <laughs> okay, I'm going to. So, oh, this is this is like a whole sales pitch. I'm going to sell you on a third thing, and this is the last thing of the night. And I think I'll sell you on this. It's a game. It's maths based. Uh, kids love it. I love it. It's clever. It's funny. It starts out simple, it gets hard, like a, a good game should do. It's called Calculator, the game. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, so it's available for Android and iPhone. It's, for, it's free, it's really popular. There's even websites around the internet saying, you know, cheat codes and, well, not cheat codes, but <laughs> walkthroughs to try and solve the harder problems. And I'm going to try and explain it. So it looks like an old-fashioned beige calculator, which is cute, right? Very cute. Old beige calculator. Uh, but it doesn't have the full bracket numbers, what it has, it tells you you're going to do a little maths problem. You've got to get to this number, let's say 12. You've got three steps to do it in, or four steps, or however many, and you've got these three keys. And the three keys might say that something like plus three, or divided by two, or minus four. And you've got to work out the mathematical steps that will get you from the number that's on the screen to your target. And if you do, you get a little smiley face. And if you don't, you're useless. You're just doomed. It has lots of positive, uplifting messages. It does. The, the thing, so the, the, I like the math side of it. I like the fact that it's forcing us to work out solutions. And they do get fiendishly hard when you, you know, get up to about level 70. People are, are encouraging each other on the internet as to how, to how to work it out. But I also love the interface and the, the things that the calculator says to you is quite neat. It never says shell oil, though. Maybe turn it upside down to do that. Why are you looking puzzled at me, Julian? Because I have no idea why it would say shell oil. Because everyone my age or older will know that when we were at school, one of the first things you did on a calculator was was type out <laughs> certain numbers. Okay. <coughs> and you you turn up you turn the screen upside down. You go whoa! <laughs> it says shell oil. You'd also make it say boobs, which is like uh, I think eight zero zero eight five. My calculator says boobs. So the name of the game is Calculator. 
great for kids, great for adults. Don't waste your life on uh, on on less worthy apps this week. Have a play with this one. I think. Are you looking at it right now? I am. Yes. And how <laughs> have you done? How have you done? Uh, well, I'm just just blown away because. You just said it's up to level 70 because I thought, oh, I've made level three. I'm doing okay. That's right. It gets yes. harder. It gets harder. Calculator, app of the week. We hey, go. thank you so much, Antigone Davis from Facebook and Carla Sanders from Sticks and Stones in the first half. That was a cracker. Julian Waters, always a pleasure. Thank you. Good always a pleasure. Saskia in the booth. Next up is the weekend variety wireless. Stick around for that. I'm Vaughan Davis. Nighty night. <laughs>